Good afternoon. My name is Jason Ikonmu, and I am the Government Affairs Director for the Realtors Association of Maui. Uh, this is a re-recording of a Hot Topics presentation that I gave on Friday, October 29th, regarding legislative proposals to phase out transient vacation rentals in the apartment zoning districts. Now, we lost the first uh, 15 or 20 minutes or so of the original recording, and so I am recording this the Monday after uh, November 1st, and I've had a haircut since then. So if we cut these together, you're going to notice my hair doing some wacky things about 15 minutes in. I apologize for that, and uh, I'll go ahead and apologize for how I look right now during this part of the recording. Uh, nevertheless, this is some great information that you will need to know if you want to knowledgeably oppose this legislation to phase out TBRs, which is going to be going in front of the Planning and Sustainable Land Use Committee of the Maui County Council this Wednesday, November 3rd at 9 a.m. So please uh, click on the call for action links on our Facebook page and on Paragon uh, in your email, in your text messages, you should have it. And please participate because this is really important legislation that uh, we definitely want to oppose. And I'm going to tell you why in just a minute. Let's go ahead and get this slideshow started. Let me share my screen. And here we go. So as I said, this is all about the transient vacation rental phase-out proposals for the apartment zoning districts. It's important that you note, I keep on saying apartment zoning districts. If you are concerned about a property that is zoned hotel or zoned M1 light industrial, uh, this slideshow presentation and this discussion is not going to appeal to you. Uh, this only deals with apartment zoned condominiums that can conduct transient vacation rentals pursuant to uh, the Maui County Code, section 19.12.020G. And uh, that is often referred to as the Minnetoya codification. And I'll get into that in a little more detail now. So let's go over the content of this presentation. First, I want to get into a very brief and condensed history of Minnetoya, or really why these transient vacation rental condominium units exist. After that, I will get into the meat of the legislation that is being proposed, uh, what you can expect to learn when this goes to the Planning and Sustainable Land Use Committee on November 3rd, and um, you know why this bill isn't a good idea. And then we're gonna get into another legislative proposal that's also making its way through the legislative process now. So let's start off. Back in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, Maui County uh, decided it was going to make a concerted effort to have a tourism industry. Uh, not really Maui County alone, the whole of Hawaii kind of recognized that tourism might be the industry that takes over for agriculture. In Maui County though, uh, especially around 1980 with the explosion of value of the Japanese yen, there was a lot of investment into the tourism industry by outside interests, outside buyers, um, real estate investment trusts, you name it. Um, this caused a proliferation of condominiums 
to be built that were explicitly and specifically made for the purposes of transient vacation rentals or second homes. Now, things got uh, a little bit out of hand for the residents of Maui County's liking. So back in 1989, after decades of investment, after decades of building these condominiums that were intended as transient vacation rentals, the Maui County Council attempted to pass a law that would essentially terminate the then existing right to conduct transient vacation rentals or TVRs in the apartment zoned properties. Now this 1989 law failed because the council's attorneys apparently missed a uh, contradictory statement that was elsewhere in the Maui County Code, so the 1989 law wouldn't work. No worries though, the Maui County Council took a swing at it again in 1991 and adopted a revised ordinance that did uh, effectively make it so that apartment uh, zoned condominiums could not conduct transient vacation rentals. Well, sort of. The law wasn't shot down because of any other conflicting aspects of the county code, but it also wasn't enforced for about a decade, not until Mayor Kimo Apana came into office and the administration tried to enforce this ban on TVRs in the apartment zoned uh, condominiums. This obviously triggered a lot of concern and legal disputes, uh, as we're probably going to find out in the very near future, when you mess with people's real estate investments and their vested property rights, they generally don't like it. And they generally do whatever they can to make sure that they are not stripped of those property rights and that their investments are not devalued. So a lot of the property owners that were impacted by this ban um, spoke up and Mayor Apana went to Deputy Corporation Counsel Richard Minatoya and he tasked him with providing a legal opinion addressing the legality of enforcing this ban on TVRs against these property owners who have historically conducted this use and had this property right. And that brings us to the Minatoya opinion. Now this, this term Minatoya, Minatoya opinion, it gets thrown around a lot. And a lot of people don't even realize that Richard Minatoya was a person or that, uh, that it's named after him or that he was the attorney for the county that wrote the legal opinion that really outlined the property rights for these condominiums. Now, um, the, the gist of the opinion, which is on this PowerPoint slide, it's, it's real short, it's only one page. It says that, that there is a vested property right. It recognizes TVR use as a vested property right for apartment zone properties that have their building permits, special management area use permits, or planned development approvals lawfully issued and valid on April 20th, 1989, or apartment units that were operating as transient vacation rentals on or before March 4th, 1991. Now, the Minatoya opinion was obviously extremely helpful to property owners that were concerned about their vested property rights being taken away from them. And it really, you know, it, it showed the, the county's uh, mayoral administration, the, uh, the Apana administration, uh, as well as the, the departments, 
that they really can't be going after the right to conduct TVRs in these properties, at least not immediately. So these condominiums that were zoned transient vacation rental, or I apologize, these condominiums that were zoned as apartment zoning, um, that were historically conducting transient vacation rentals since you know, 1989 or you know, at the latest March 4th, 1991, they were grandfathered in for transient vacation rental use under this opinion. But it wasn't in the Maui County Code. And my predecessor, Dave DeLeon, recognized that this is a problem. Sure, a legal opinion is helpful, but a legal opinion uh, isn't really going to do much if enough time passes and enough people want the um, vested property right of TVR use to disappear. So back around 2013 and 2014, when we had a uh, slightly more, let's say, economics-friendly council, uh, they went ahead and they codified the Minnetoya opinion. And that is where we get TVR use today. So TVR use is not a non-conforming use. It's not an accessory use. It is an explicitly and expressly permitted use under section 19.12.020 of the Maui County Code. Uh, the County of Maui has identified roughly 7,302 condominium units that have a vested property right to conduct TVR use based on um, the Minnetoya opinion. So, so this is all codified in the section of the code that I have put on this slide over here. Um, this is the county's comprehensive zoning ordinance. And in there, it says that transient vacation rentals are permitted in buildings and structures meeting all of the following criteria. And it lays out the criteria here. So the criteria here. So the, the building or structure has received a building permit, special management area use permit, or planned development approval that was lawfully issued by and was valid or is otherwise confirmed to have been lawfully existing on April 20th, 1989. So all of these buildings um, are essentially at least 30 years old or more. Um, two, the transient vacation rental use was conducted in any lawfully existing dwelling unit within the building or structure prior to September 24th, 2020 as determined by real property tax class or payment of general excise tax and transient accommodation tax. That part was added more recently. Um, I think that was added September 24th, 2020. And if any such building or structure is reconstructed, renovated or expanded, then transient vacation rental use is limited to the building envelope as it can be confirmed to have been approved or lawfully existing on April 20th, 1989 the number of bedrooms used for transient vacation rental must not be increased. So there you have it. The right to conduct transient vacation rentals um, has been slightly abridged, or I should say narrowed down to just those bedrooms that existed back in 1989 in those units that were conducting the use back around 1989. But otherwise, it is expressly permitted in the apartment zoning district for these 7,300 plus properties. So that is the history. That brings us, brings us right up to today where transient vacation rental use 
is allowed for so many units. Now let's take a look at this TVR phase out bill. So this legislative proposal was brought to us by the office of council member Tamar Paulton, who represents the west side of Maui. And this section that I have on this slide, section one, is essentially the justification for the phase out bill. And let me read this highlighted portion for you. The purpose of this ordinance is to amend the comprehensive zoning ordinance by phasing out transient accommodations in the apartment districts to create long-term affordable housing opportunities for residents, as recommended in the 2021 Maui County Comprehensive Affordable Housing Plan. And then it goes on to say buildings within the apartment district are intended to provide, quote, higher density housing on a long-term residential basis, according to Chapter 19.12 Maui County Code. This ordinance furthers that objective by making more units available for residential use. Keep that in mind. Uh, and and let, me, let me just repeat some, some important key phrases here. The purpose of this ordinance is to amend the comprehensive zoning ordinance by phasing out transient accommodations in the apartment districts to create long-term affordable housing opportunities for residents as recommended in the 2021 Maui County Comprehensive Affordable Housing Plan. So I'm stressing these parts for a couple of reasons. One, as I'm going to explain, this legislation will not, I repeat, this legislation will not create long-term affordable housing opportunities for our residents. And second, though it is uh, the idea of a TVR phase-out is mentioned in the 2021 Maui County Comprehensive Affordable Housing Plan, if this legislation moves forward, it will essentially kill the 2021 Maui County Comprehensive Affordable Housing Plan. It will defund the housing plan. And uh, I don't want you to believe me on this one. I want you to go ahead and reach out to the authors of the housing plan, like I did. I reached out to Hawaiian Community Assets, and uh, I spoke with, with Jeff Gilbraith, their director, and the team that put together their recommendations, and they agree with me. This bill, this TVR phase-out, will really make it difficult for the county to save up the amount of revenue that it needs to fully fund the Comprehensive Affordable Housing Plan. I'll get into more detail on that in just a minute. But the thing you really need to, to keep in mind is um, they're trying to, to get rid of a permitted use by saying it doesn't fit in with the same chapter of the Maui County Code that permits this use. That doesn't make much sense. Um, and and the, the idea that this ordinance furthers the objective of, of more housing, higher density housing by making more units available for residents, well, that doesn't make sense either. And we'll get into that as well. So let's talk about how this bill works. The TVR phase out bill, it takes the existing language of section 19.12.020 of the Maui County Code, uh, that section that I read before, that, that section that outlines the permitted uses for the apartment zoning districts. And it adds a little bit of language. So where, before it said transient vacation rentals uh, are permitted in buildings and structures meeting all of the following criteria, and then it lists out the criteria. 
they've added just a, a phrase at the end of it. So now it says transient vacation rentals in buildings and structures meeting all of the following criteria until the date after December 31st, 2021, on which the property is first sold or transferred. So this simple addition of, you know, that, that the TVR use um, will, will be allowed if these criteria are met until the date after December 31st, 2021, on which the property is first sold or transferred. That has a really interesting effect. So it allows for transient vacation rental use to continue um, really arguably in perpetuity until a transfer of title occurs. So all the existing owners of these units, as long as they own the unit, even past December 31st, 2021, they can continue to conduct TBR use. So if they sell, the new owners will not be allowed to conduct transient vacation rentals. This means that there's essentially a penalty for selling. If you sell, you lose the use. If you transfer title, you lose the use. So that creates a penalty, which means people are going to be less inclined to sell. So it's not like this is going to cause a whole lot of inventory. The other issue that this creates is that once title does transfer, well, now the property, it doesn't have the same income potential as the previous owner had for it. So will that impact the value of the property? A lot of people think it will. A lot of folks are saying that it will negatively impact the value to a substantial degree, to the point where it could be considered a regulatory taking. But the truth is, I really don't know. We don't know until it happens. Um, I've spoken with some mortgage professionals, and they think that uh, the values won't be that negatively impacted, which, which is interesting. And, and we'll get into why why that kind of plays against the purpose of this legislation. But before we get into my, my five main reasons why this is bad legislation, let me point out, the legislation currently has December 31st, 2021 as the cutoff date for transfer. So if a property is sold um, after that date, then TVR use is lost. Currently, with the, the timeline that this legislation is on, even with them speeding up the timeline and, and having the first committee meeting on it in November rather than December, which was what they originally uh, had been talking about, it's extremely unlikely that this legislation will be reviewed by all three planning commissions and then voted on by the county council twice in, in a timeline that would allow them to have December 31st, 2021 be the trigger date. And you know, after December 31st, 2021, if this bill does ultimately get passed into law, let's say in February or March of, of 2022, uh, they're going to have to change that trigger date because this, if they don't, it, it'll be you know, essentially an ex post facto law, an after the fact law, a law that, that makes um, the legality or, or really changes the, the legal status of something that you do um, after you might have already done it, which is extremely frowned upon because I think it's unconstitutional. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But don't, don't get too hung up on that December 31st, 2021 
date that appears in the draft legislation. Now, with that being said, let me get into my top five reasons why I think this legislation is a bad idea. In my PowerPoint, I say that these are the reasons why this bill is not smart. So first reason, this bill is really bad for county finances. So on this slide, I've got some, some real property tax statistics that were provided by the county of Maui um, for the budget purposes this past year. And, um, you know, this is, this is all, you do the math. I'm an English major, uh, or I was an English major back in college, and then I went to law school, and I did that for a reason, because I'm not really a numbers guy. So this is kind of the, the back of the envelope math that really explains why this is a bad idea for budget purposes. There are 7,302 properties that would be uh, condominium units specifically that would be impacted by the phase-out bill based on the, the county of Maui's own count. Now, these 7,302 units are, by default, generally put into the short-term rental real property tax class based on recent changes to the Maui County Code. Now, the short-term rental class is expected to produce $137,908,224 in revenue in the fiscal year 2022. Out of, and that'll be produced by 11,799 units that are in that short-term rental real property tax class. So let's say you average out the amount of revenue generated by each one of these, these 11,799 units that are in the short-term rental property tax class, and you get an average of $10,241 paid by each property. Now, you don't have to be a real genius. You can now multiply that number by the 7,302 units that would be impacted by this phase-out bill, because this phase-out bill is designed to eliminate that many units from the short-term rental tax class, because they're not going to be allowed to do transient vacation rentals anymore. So what happens if you eliminate that many units from the short-term rental tax class? That means you also eliminate roughly $74,781,364 in annual revenue once all of those units transfer title. To give you some perspective, that is roughly 8.7% of the entire operating budget for the county of Maui. So the amount of revenue that would be eliminated by this bill is roughly 8.7% of the entire budget for Maui County. To, to give you some more perspective here, that's roughly two and a half times the amount that is generated by the entire hotel and resort property tax class. They only generated 26 million, or they're only expected to, to generate around 26 million. So the County of Maui is considering eliminating two and a half times the amount of revenue that's produced by the entire hotel and resort class in real property tax revenue. They're considering eliminating 8.7% of the entire operating budget in real property tax revenue. Uh, interestingly, just uh, a couple of weeks ago, I believe it was on October 21st, 
the director of the Department of Finance, uh, Director Scott Teruya, was uh, addressing the council on a matter related to registration numbers for condominiums that can conduct TVRs. And he told the council at that meeting that he expects that a phase out of TVRs would cause an annual loss of around 23 million, I believe it was. Annual loss of like $23 million, ultimately resulting in an overall loss of, you know, 74 plus million dollars. And still the council is considering this. Now, aside from, from the huge loss in real property tax revenue, we're also guessing, guesstimating that it would be a loss of about $69 million in transient accommodation tax revenue that goes to the, the state. Now, I know the county council members don't really care about lost state revenue because you know they don't get a, a big chunk of the TAT in Maui County, but I think we should care because we're all state of Hawaii residents who get a benefit from the actions of the state of Hawaii and who also have to cover shortfalls in the budget with our tax dollars if they suddenly, I don't know, have a, a big chunk of $69 million missing from their TAT revenue. So I care about that lost state revenue. Uh, there's also going to be lost GET tax um, or general excise tax revenue, and there's also going to be lost conveyance tax revenue, but we, we can't figure that one out yet. Uh, as I said, I was an English major, so I'm still working on calculating that. But what we do know, doesn't take a genius to figure out, there's going to be a roughly $74 million hole in the county budget by the time this thing is implemented. Now, that will also impact the county's bond rating. If you guys aren't aware, um, counties don't have credit scores. They've got bond ratings. That's, that's the functional equivalent. And Maui County has an outstanding bond rating. According to Moody's, part of the reason for our awesome bond rating is that we have reliable property tax revenue from the short-term rental and hotel classes. We get other people to pay our taxes for us through um, those tourism classes. Now, if we suddenly eliminate a huge chunk of our short-term rental tax base, I have a feeling that that will negatively impact the bond rating. Moody's even said that that is something that could lead to a downgrade for our bond rating. That would greatly impact our ability to borrow money at an exceptional rate. So keep that in mind for Reason number two, why this bill is not a smart idea. And the reason number two is this bill will essentially defund the affordable housing plan. So the 2021 comprehensive affordable housing plan, that plan that is being used to justify this TVR phase out, it calls for a couple of things. First, Quote, it calls for an increase in funding into the affordable housing fund to $58 million annually. And it also uh, really calls for the county to use its bond rating to borrow against the increased affordable housing fund as a means to fund infrastructure updates to support actual affordable housing development. So the TVR phase out bill that's being proposed would make both of these goals essentially impossible. If the TVR phase-out bill goes into effect, it's designed to remove 
more than 7,300 units from the short-term rental property tax class. As we've been discussing, that's going to create a hole of $74 million in revenue, really upwards of $74 million in real property tax revenue that's going to be missing. If the goal is to increase revenue to the point where we can put an additional $58 million into the affordable housing fund, while also maintain our current level of services, the TVR phase-out bill will make that goal impossible. I mean, if we cut out 8.7% of the county budget, it's going to be pretty much impossible to maintain the current level of services that our residents are accustomed to. Now, if we can't maintain current services with this diminished revenue, how on earth does anybody think we'd be able to increase the amount of money that we're putting into the affordable housing fund? I mean, I guess we, we could just jack up taxes on everybody. Maybe that'll cover the $74 million gap. But, but really, as I said, the point isn't to, to break even. The point is to exceed revenue. So, so you're going to, to cut your tax base so significantly and then hope that you can somehow find $58 million on top of what you already lost to put into the affordable housing fund? No, no, that's not logical. That's not going to happen. But even aside from that lost revenue that'll make it impossible to add $58 million to the affordable housing fund, uh, what you also have to consider is if we jeopardize our bond rating, how are we going to borrow properly against the affordable housing fund to, to fund the actual affordable housing that we need? We're not. So we're going to be low on revenue. We're going to have bad credit. And then we're going to be saying, oh, well, why don't people buy these, these condominium units that, that can no longer conduct transient vacation rentals? Well, I'll tell you why. So that brings me to my third reason why this bill is not smart. This bill does not, quote, create long-term affordable housing opportunities for our residents. So let's, let's consider the impacted properties. These properties are all, as we established, all of them are over 30 years old. They're, they've all been primarily built and designed as transient vacation rentals in the first place or as second homes. They're largely located in the most vulnerable areas to climate change, in the sea level rise exposure area. And they have aged infrastructure that has been used very hard for many years. So what does that all equate to? That means limited storage, limited parking, maybe one to two stalls, maybe. High monthly maintenance fees, high special assessments that are upcoming, and high tax assessments because they're located you know, by the shoreline. So why do we think these properties would be appropriate for our residents? I mean, I remember when I started with RAM just about three years ago, um, everybody was upset because then candidate Tamara Paulton was talking about, um, oh, well, they shouldn't have built so close to the shoreline, let them fall into the sea if, if, they, if they start going into the sea. And now it's, oh, well, they shouldn't have been built so close to the shoreline, let's put residents in them. I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, even if TVR use is lost, this infrastructure is old. It's been used hard for years. 
the maintenance fees are not going to go down. I had somebody in uh, in Councilmember Johnson's office tell me, "Well, Jason, you know the maintenance fees are going to go down once these aren't TVRs anymore. So, so won't that be more affordable?" And I said, "Why do you think the maintenance fees would go down? If I have an old horse and I stop riding him, that doesn't make him get any younger. It still requires a high cost to take care of aged infrastructure." Not just that, it's infrastructure that's in the sea level rise exposure area. So it's really you know, susceptible to climate change, which we all admit is a real thing. So we know these properties aren't gonna be around forever because they're not gonna be above water forever. And who's gonna pay those special assessments? You know, $100,000, $200,000 per unit owner to fix the infrastructure so that people can continue to live in there. Who's gonna pay for, for everything that it takes to, to help with shoreline renourishment? Are our residents going to pay or are they going to defer the costs? And what happens when an aging condominium located in the sea level rise exposure area continually defers maintenance costs? Well, there was a condominium collapse in Miami recently where that exact same thing happened. Aging condominium located in an area that's susceptible to climate change or the impacts of climate change. And they continually deferred maintenance costs because their residents couldn't afford it. And there was a catastrophic event that resulted in the loss of life. I mean, call me crazy. I don't think we should be doing the same thing, making the same mistakes here in Maui County as they made in Miami. And I don't think government should be forcing residents into these susceptible aging properties that aren't really suitable for the needs of our residents. So this is just not good policy to stick economically vulnerable people into properties that they probably can't afford. And let's talk about that. Let's talk about if they're affordable. So, you know, let's say between, let's undervalue the monthly maintenance fees. Let's say that between electric and maintenance fees, the monthly cost on top of the sales price is another $1,000 per month. And let's undervalue all of these units and say that they have a base value of only $500,000. So the $500,000 mortgage plus the $1,000 a month monthly maintenance fee um, really means that, that somebody who's purchasing one of these properties is going to have to qualify for a mortgage that's upwards of $730,000. That even at these ridiculously undervalued amounts, guesstimations, is nowhere near affordable housing and nowhere near workforce housing. But even aside from that, who controls the prices? You know, the realtors can't undervalue somebody's property and say, oh, you can only sell it to people in Maui County who only make less than this amount of money. We're not allowed to tell uh, sellers that, that you know, their, their buyer has to be income qualified below a certain level when it, it's a property that's on the open market. So if these properties do transfer title, if they are put up for sale because people can't conduct transient vacation rental use anymore, it's not as though the sales price is automatically going to be at workforce housing or affordable housing levels. In, in all you know, actuality, what, what's most likely is that these properties will sell at you know, the highest price 
that somebody's willing to pay for them in the highest comparable price. We can look at the market statistics and determine, you know, comparable values for these properties. And I tell you, I don't, I don't think any of them would be selling at the affordable or workforce housing rates. And we certainly can't say that they'll all be sold to residents or, or you know, folks originally from Maui because we can't discriminate when we're selling these properties. So it's really just a pipe dream. This, this idea that, um, that, oh, well, if we take away TVR use, these will become affordable houses. And really, what, what is the other purpose that TVR use serves for these condominiums? The other purpose is that it's an incentive for purchasers, particularly investment purchasers. So if you have somebody, let's say from the mainland, the Pacific Northwest, somebody who's been working in tech who has a lot of cash available and they want to buy a home in Maui County. And they're looking at the listings and they see a property for $800,000 and it's a one bedroom condominium in Kihei. And one of the permitted uses is that it can conduct transient vacation rentals. Now, they also see a property that might be a three bedroom home in Waihei for $800,000, you know, a comparable sales price but they can't conduct transient vacation rentals. Well, that investment purchaser might wanna be able to recoup some of their investment by buying the one bedroom or two bedroom condominium in Kihei that's in a 30 year old building with aged infrastructure and high maintenance costs. They'll be more inclined to buy that than the three bedroom house in Waihei that's really more suitable for one of our local families. But if the permitted uses are exactly the same, only residential, but they get way more space in that three bedroom house in Waihei. And they don't have to deal with an association of unit owners. And they don't have to deal with monthly maintenance fees. And they get a garage. And they're also still just 10, 15 minutes away from the beach max. Well, what's the difference? Why not invest in that three bedroom house as opposed to that one or two bedroom condominium? There's a purpose for TVR use. I know it sounds weird, but it actually helps preserve those three-bedroom, four-bedroom houses in Waihei and Makawao that really are more suitable for our residents than the condominiums. So this bill is not going to create long-term affordable housing. What will it do? Well, it's not going to increase revenue. It's not going to pay for the affordable housing plan, and it's not going to create long-term affordable housing. What this bill does do is it's a huge gift to the hotel industry because it will essentially eliminate any competition for the hotel industry. It will maximize the profits of the hotels, which, by the way, pay way less in property tax as a class than the short-term rental class currently does. Um, and it'll give them more money to put towards advertising on the mainland to bring more people here. So even if this bill is just a tourism management bill, that, that's counterproductive to that goal of managing tourism. And then there's also the questions of propriety here. So during the pandemic period, hotels were the only properties that were assessed at lower values due to the lost revenue that they experienced. Let me repeat that. Hotels 
the hotel property tax class was the only tax class during this global pandemic that caused extremely high unemployment in Maui County that, that really devastated a whole bunch of people's revenue income. The hotels were assessed at a lower value because of that lost revenue. Property owners, you know, the, the owner occupied class didn't get a lower assessed value because of lost revenue. The commercialized residential didn't get lower assessed values. The short-term rental class didn't get lower assessed values. In fact, the short-term rental class ended up paying more taxes. So the hotels got lower assessed assessments for their property taxes. And then they were openly given priority by the mayor and by the county council to reopen when the restrictions were eased regarding COVID. So, you know, it's, it's one thing um, to, to sort of make this cogent argument, well, you know, they can do contact tracing better, but, but hotels were given so much of a leg up. And now with this TVR phase out, it's just another gift for the hotels because it'll eliminate all their competition. It'll hurt our revenue as a county, It'll, it'll defund the affordable housing plan, but it'll eliminate the competition for the hotels. And I'm just curious, at what point does it become inappropriate for the county of Maui to, to handicap any other market competitor just for the benefit of the hotel industry? I mean, is, I, I don't think it's an antitrust activity just for the sheer fact that I, I don't know if, if counties can be sued for antitrust activities. But I don't know. It seems pretty inappropriate to me. It seems like, you know, if, if the only beneficiary of a piece of legislation is the hotel industry that everybody pretends, you know, that our, our politicians pretend to not like um, lately, I, I don't know what's happening. But that's not the only reason that you should be opposed to this bill. This TVR phase-out bill is not a smart idea for another reason. The fifth reason is I'm not really sure this bill is lawful. So the county ostensibly has the authority to quote-unquote phase-out TVR use uh, based on the authority that's given to the counties through Hawaii Revised Statute Section 46-4. And I've, uh, I've put a cut out of the, the relevant portion here on the slide, and I've highlighted part of it. And uh, basically, the counties can, uh, they're empowered, provided that a zoning ordinance may provide for elimination of non-conforming uses as the uses are discontinued, or for the amortization or phasing out of non-conforming uses or signs over a reasonable period of time in commercial, industrial, resort, and apartment zoned areas only. In no event shall such amortization or phasing out of non-conforming uses apply to an existing building or premises used for residential, single family, or duplex, or agricultural uses. So once again, the county has the ability to amortize or phase out non-conforming uses over a reasonable period of time in the apartment zoned areas. But here's my question. If TVR use 
is an, a use that historically has been conducted in the apartment zoning district for decades, more than 30 years, 40, 50 years. And legislation, you know, from 2014, 2015, 2020, 2021 expressly permits this use, TBR use for these properties, these 7,300 properties. So it's historically been permitted. The, the comprehensive zoning ordinance expressly permits it to this day. And it's been conducted by thousands of property owners across over 100 different buildings in this district for several decades. How is this suddenly a non-conforming use? I don't know. There, there's no real clear definition in the Hawaii Revised Statutes as to what a non-conforming use is. But I would say that a use that historically has been permitted, that is currently under the permitted uses for the zoning district, that, that has all of you know, these pieces of legislation that continue to clarify what these properties can do, that we've identified you know, 7,302 units that currently have the right uh, that, that is being conducted by, I think that last count was roughly 6,000 of these property owners are currently conducting transient vacation rental use. How is it suddenly non-conforming in this zoning district? I don't think it is. And I have a feeling that the property owners who might face uh, a diminishment in the value of their properties, who certainly face a diminishment in their ability to exercise their property rights, I have a feeling they are going to contest this legislation. And, you know, I don't know who will ultimately win a legal challenge. I don't know if, if this is a regulatory taking. I don't know if, if you know, TVR use would qualify as a non-conforming use under the language of the Hawaii Revised Statutes. But I do have a good feeling that it will cost the county a significant amount of time and money to find out through litigation. And I sure as heck don't want my tax dollars going towards litigating this legislation uh, that I quite frankly think is a bad idea for the various reasons that I've shared over the course of this past hour or so. So for those five reasons, I, I really encourage all of you, uh, you should have been notified about our call for action that, uh, that went out over the weekend. I encourage all of you, please participate. Go to our Facebook page if you didn't get the link. The link is up on our Facebook page. Um, please tell the county council members that you do not agree with this legislation, that you oppose it, that you think it's a bad idea, you can tell them all the reasons why I told you it's a bad idea, um, because it's really a bad idea. It doesn't help anybody but the hotel industry, and they've they've already been doing well enough. We don't need to to line their coffers anymore. Now, you know what you can expect moving forward. So so even if this TVR phase out bill. Um, tomorrow, Paulton's legislation does not move forward, which I think it will. I think it's going to at least go to the planning commissions. Um, my understanding is that council member or uh, council vice chair, Kayani Rollins-Fernandez, has also 
drafted a TVR phase-out built. Her built is a little bit different, but it has similar goals. So the bill that was uh, drafted on the behest of Councilmember Rollins Fernandez's office would only apply to transient vacation rentals in apartment zoning district buildings that are outside of the sea level rise exposure area, outside of the 3.2 foot sea level rise uh, slurexa, as it's uh, commonly being referred to. And so what it would do is it would eliminate TVR use for all units that are outside of the sea level rise exposure area in January of 2023. So this bill actually divests current property owners of a vested property right if they are outside of the sea level rise exposure area. And for that reason, I, I think it's gonna be very difficult to, to defend this legislation in court. I think it's gonna face a lot of legal challenges. Um, the fact that it, it does not apply to properties that are in the sea level rise exposure area, I think that's, that's actually a pretty decent policy. You know, I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense because it minimizes the negative impact on county revenue um, it doesn't stick our residents in properties that they probably can't afford and that are already, um, you know, not just costly, but, but susceptible to, to the long-term ramifications of climate change, which will ultimately bring them offline as, as you know, livable properties or inhabitable properties. So um, it makes sense in those ways. However, uh, it treats people differently. It, it treats their property rights differently based on where they fall according to computer modeling done by um, you know, a bunch of sciencey people that, that weren't elected and that we don't know. So because it treats people's property rights differently based on this sort of novel um, classification where they fall uh, on this line, I, I think it, it, it'll, it'll be susceptible to to some really interesting legal challenges. Notwithstanding, I personally think this is a better bill, um, aside from the fact that it, you know, it doesn't even attempt to phase out. It just divests people of their property rights. So there's a lot that, that could be done to improve this bill, um, like, like not moving it forward. Um, ultimately, I, you know, I, I think what I would hope for is that the county recognizes that they finally have a, a system of generating an appropriate amount of revenue off of these 7,300 plus units and that they just maintain that system in order to fund the actual affordable housing that this county needs, uh, the affordable housing that would be more suitable for our residents. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, as long as I've been at RAM, so roughly three years now, this Minotoya issue, the, the TVRs in the apartment zoning districts, has been the number one issue that I have dealt with. Uh, at least, you know, there's at least one or two legislative proposals per year that, that somehow modify or abridge the right of TVR uh, owners in the apartment zoning district that come up. And I think it's going to keep on coming up. Um, but as far as, as what you can expect from, from us and what you guys can do to help out, you know, we're, we're actively you know, building our coalitions, researching and strategizing, um, doing outreach to, to the mayor, to the county council, and, and to our members, as well as you know, impacted property owners and members of the media. But we want you to do the same. You know, 
first off, sign up for the Realtor Party mobile alerts. When I, when I do the call for action, uh, you can get a text message notifying you and helping you just, you know, with one click, be able to submit testimony. If you text the word Realtors to the number 30644, all you have to do is text the word Realtors to the number 30644 via your cell phone, and you will be all set up for uh, Realtor Party mobile alerts. And it'll be easy as it's just one click for you to participate in this. But I also want you to, to go ahead and on your own, contact the county council members. You voted for all of them. So contact all of them. Um, in particular, you know, really make a point to, to contact um, Council Vice Chair County Rollins Fernandez, Council Member Tamara Paulton, Council Member Shane Sedensi, and Council Member Gabe Johnson. Um, because they are the four council members that, that seem firmly in favor of this legislation. And, you know, all of the council members really should be contacted. Share your thoughts with all of them. But, but those four in particular, you know, help them understand that this legislation is not going to do what they hope it will. Um, you know, they're, they're getting told what they want to hear by groups like Maui Tomorrow. Uh, Maui Tomorrow on their blog recently had a post where they claimed that a phase out of TVRs would somehow open up 10,000 long-term uh, units or, or 10,000 condominium units for long-term use for our residents. And that's just, that's just poppycock. It's, it's just made up. Um, first off, the TVR phase out legislation would only impact roughly 7,300 units. So I, they, they just made up the 10,000 units. Second off, um, of those 7,300, about 1,300 of them aren't being used for short-term rental use anyway. So, so either they're, they're, you know, they might be left vacant, but a lot of them are being used as either owner-occupied um, or, or just second home or as rentals, long-term rentals already. So this idea that it'll open up 10,000 units, once again, that's just made up out of whole cloth. But even aside from that, um, why? Would anybody assume that a, a property that costs the owner, you know, three thousand five hundred dollars, and this is an actual number that one of the property owners told me, that that in order to break even on their unit that they own in one of these buildings, they would need to charge three thousand five hundred dollars in rent per year or uh, per month, I should say. So thirty five hundred dollars a month in rent. Who can afford that as a long term renter? That's, that's not affordable housing. That's outrageous. So, and that's not even one of the, the super luxurious properties that we're talking about. Um, but, you know, the Maui County Council is being told that, oh, no, no, this, this, will, be, this will be affordable somehow. Um, or they're being told, don't worry about the lost revenue. You could just increase taxes on the non-owner occupied class. Uh, you know, it's just wrong. I, I hate having to be the guy that, that has to give the inconvenient truths or, or the inconvenient realities when I testify. Like, I would love to be one of these folks who's, who's cheerleading legislation that doesn't make sense, but at least it's popular. And then everybody who, who sees me testify can say, oh, yeah, you're on the popular side of things. But, you know, somebody has to actually share the reality of the circumstances. And that's what Ram is trying to do because we really think that this will hurt housing opportunities. And that's what it comes down to. 
the the argument that that you need to make to the county county council members isn't that it'll hurt the the investments of of offshore owners because quite frankly they do not care i think if you tell them oh well you know there's a thousand unit owners from canada that i know of that that this is going to hurt their investment i think a lot of these county council members are going to say good good I hope it hurts their investment. This way, they sell their property and they don't try and buy up property here anymore. So that argument's not going to work. But but the truth and the best argument is that this hurts us as residents of Maui County. It hurts our budget. It hurts our economy. It hurts our housing opportunities that could be funded. The affordable housing plan could be funded through these TBRs if they thought about it wisely. That's, at least that's what, what Jeff Gilbraith and his team at Hawaiian Community Assets told me. And they're working on economic modeling to explain that. But instead, I guess because the, the president of Maui tomorrow is also the treasurer of the super PAC that got half of these folks elected, they're, they're gonna move forward with this. Or instead, because they wanna, they wanna attack um, their, the tourism industry, because they wanna get rid of visitors, they're gonna move forward with this legislation. I just don't get it, uh, and I, I don't support it, and I don't think you should support it either. So please do me a favor and participate in our call for action. Now, um, in the original presentation, I take questions at this point, but as I'm only talking to an audience of myself, I'm not going to take questions, and if Kelsey uh, is, is using this longer um, interview, she can go ahead and, and tack on our question and answer session uh, to the end. But if not, if you're listening to this in podcast version, thank you for listening. Um, please go to Ram's Facebook page, or you can email me at jason, J-A-S-O-N, at ramaui.com if you want the link to participate in our call for action. All right, take care.